like innovation you want to do as independent as possible. Discussing APIs or product architecture is a is a business issue. Reducing the complexity for our outside partners. Yeah, we truly believe that the products are essential to being a platform. Every product has an actively managed lifecycle of interfaces. So it's it's a change of mindset again. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bol.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you. Speaking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Bol.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. Hey, so the topic uh, of today's podcast has been our wish, on our wishlist uh, for a time, uh, for quite some time. Uh, we've been talking to uh, Jim de Waal about uh, product organizations. We spoke to our agile skill friends. And today we will dive into uh, product architecture together with uh, some of our architects. So very excited about that. Yeah, exactly. So the, these, uh, this group of architects, what about them? Yeah, actually, uh, we were checking the data of our participants uh, on inclusion. And we looked at it uh, from several angles, but uh, this group we ignored for a while. So time to uh, to get in touch with uh, the IT architects uh, in uh, in Bol.com. So Peter Paul, who, who do you have on the table? Yes, we have uh, Marcel van Leeuwen. He's an enterprise architect and uh, agile transformation program manager. We have uh, Ronald uh, Pulleman, architect and software alchemist, according to his LinkedIn profile. And we have uh, Robert-Jan Osterman, architect and one of the masterminds crafting our product architecture. So uh, Marcel, uh, yeah, can you describe uh, uh, or can you give us some uh, context about the, about domain and product organization? Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, well, it's about some context, we'll, we'll dive into product reference architecture in a few minutes, but therefore you have to understand the, the products and domains. So uh, you said you spoke to the Agile Skill friends. I think Ashley and Jolien last year, they, they introduced what we try to achieve with Agile at Skill. Uh, and what it resulted in right now is that we have a product organization. So which means we went from uh, about 100 Scrum teams working on uh, different goals. We tried to um, group those into logical products, saying one or more Scrum teams working in um, uh, maybe around five on average, working on one product. So trying end to end, taking one process and actually doing this in one product. So we have multiple teams working in a product on an end-to-end product, um, having all the tools and systems and services you need for your innovations in that product. A product is a business and IT um, uh, combination. So, so both business and IT people are in this product, working in this product. And multiple products are represented by a domain. So we have product domains uh, at a high level so we say we have a domain buying, which is representing everything somewhat, which is uh, working on the on the on the app or the shop. Uh, we have selling, which is doing everything for partners or logistics. So those are just some examples. We have eight domains. We have about uh, 40 product teams working all those different products. Yeah, and explaining um, why we really want to do this, it's, it's really because of overview. So we, I talked about these other scrum teams. Um, and we said, okay, we have to get an overview again. So it's really difficult to find out what are those teams working on. If you look at 100, it doesn't give you an overview. Now we went back to about, um, well, about 30, 40 products, which is giving us much more overview. What are all these teams doing, working on what goals, what targets we want to achieve as a company? I'll dive into that in, in, a, in a bit. But um, uh, the main point is that we wanted to get back some overview and, and um, 
maintaining or even increasing the autonomy the teams feel in, in working as a team for a product instead of working for some smaller part of a process. So we really want them to own a product together. I think that's uh, more on the context of products. Does it give an answer to your uh, question? Yeah, so that, that's the the introduction to the domain and the, and the product organization. They need the why, eh? why, we, why we needed this. So uh, yeah, you see this nice transformation from from legacy systems into yeah, breaking down into services microservices but now yeah you get actually uh, a level in between that's what you say with the products right so in, in a few more problems we want to tackle it's, it's also dependencies so 100 teams having dependencies it's kind of a mathematical issue eh? having all these lines between teams trying to find out how they those relate and so when we you go back to about 30 products it's much easier to align on dependencies between those products. But those dependencies are on all those services, technically. So it's right what you say, in the, in the past, around 2010, we had a few monoliths, uh, maybe, well, around five or six or seven maybe, uh, really big systems, and we started doing service architecture. So Ronald was there, I wasn't, but we tried to split up those uh, monoliths into smaller services. Uh, at that point, quite big services, uh, looking back. Um, and somewhere, uh, along the way, we even started splitting up services because we wanted to grow and scale even faster. So we, we try to have a team working on multiple services, but the service is open maximally one team. And if you then want to add new teams, you have to split your services in order to grow faster and even grow faster and still faster. And we did. So we went from those 10, 10 monoliths to, uh, at right now, at this point, over 1,000 services uh, in our landscape. Um, and we try to reduce the complexity there as well. So if you look at all these services, it's, as an engineer, it's impossible, or even as an architect, it's impossible to understand the relation and the function of every individual service. But if you say this grouping of services uh, is working together on, for instance, invoicing, which is the domain of Robert Jan, uh, I don't know, but there might be 40, 50 services working on invoicing. And for me, as, as not an invoicing expert, I have no clue on how these services are working. So if you bundle those in into something called invoicing with a very clear API where you can just ask, you have an invoice and I want my money, then you can count on all these services somewhere behind this, this invoicing uh, product that they will do this for you. So yes, uh, as you see, the monoliths are really big. Then we go to smaller services, even to smaller microservices. Uh, and you could say that we're making it bigger right now. We're bundling services again into something bigger, a product, which is really logical and has a very, very clear API to the outside world, which uh, people really understand what this product is doing uh, and what it can, how it can help you in performing your task. So that's one aspect of, of why we're doing product reference architecture. Um, uh, and at the same time, uh, you hope that uh, the teams in this product, if you as a product have 30, 40 services and maybe four teams or five teams, um, yeah, if all services are connected point to point, so those thousand services, you can understand there might be services who have maybe over 50, 60 consumers. If you then want to change your service, it's really, really difficult. Um, uh, but so by abstracting the service into a product, and you say the only way of using the service is via product API, then you make sure that all teams inside this product really get autonomous on the way they want to evolve their service, because it, they only have to interact with services within their product and the API, but the API can be stable on the outside while you have continuous changing internal environment in this product, updating your services, maybe making a new version, as long as your outside API is stable, it's no issue. So it's really giving autonomy to the, um, 
uh, to the teams as well in cybersport. And we're becoming a platform. But Ronald wanted to say something on that, on, on what do these products mean for becoming a platform? Because that's more the outside-in angle. Yeah, so so I was already moving from this product organization into the question what uh, about the products um, uh, in between the services and the uh, and the uh, uh, the monoliths we had in the past, but uh, um, move to uh, move forward to, too fast. So uh, yeah, this this outside uh, in thinking, uh, Ronald, can, what can you add to 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 that aspect? Yeah, well, uh, Bol.com traditionally was an e-commerce shop. Uh, And in 2009, long time ago, we started selling secondhand books for, uh, uh, for the possibility for our customers to to uh, to add their secondhand books to the Bol.com platform, uh, which was uh, uh, amazingly successful. And a, a couple of years later, we we added uh, a marketplace to Bol.com, so companies could sell their stuff at Bol.com, uh, and that was a huge success as well. Um, but If we if we look at it now, um, it always have been an afterthought. It was plugged in and duct taped to our current model. Uh, and slowly we see that it does, this does not fit uh, completely everywhere. So there are things which which our partners would like to have, but we can't because it's it's somehow modeled differently only for Bold.com itself. Um, so that whole outside and, and uh, as we are now moving to more. Yeah, the products, like Marcel mentioned, are, are, are basically our building blocks, not for Bull.com as a seller, but for everybody selling on our platform. So that whole transformation, what we want is that every, every, every component, every building block really thinks about what it is they need to do to, to have uh, an outside in thinking. So what does that seller want? But perhaps even what does the, the transporter want? So what do we really need to build? So Uh, it's easy, uh, and every feature we have is also available for our partners because our partners are uh, becoming increasingly more uh, important for Bull.com. Uh, um, every year we see that more, more traffic, more, um, um, more money is being made by by those uh, customers. So we should also be able to to help them in every every way we can. So that's I think that. Uh, The platform transition. So people say you're already platform, and it's that's totally true. But uh, it's always like the, the, the shoemaker. I'm not sure if that translates good in English, but the shoes of the shoemaker. If you look internally, you see that. Oh my God, how did we do this? Uh, yeah, it works, but uh, not really. And 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 uh, oh, I, I would really like to have this feature for for that partner. How how easy? How difficult can that be? But when you really look into it, it's sometimes difficult because. Yeah, we, we didn't really think about it in in the beginning. So that this this whole new transformation to to more components for our retail tech platform uh, should also enable to to add even more features and easiness for our uh, customers. In that way, so also our transition to becoming a platform uh, basically accelerates also our um, efforts to yeah, become a product-oriented company. Correct. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we truly believe that the products are essential to being a platform. If you're not really clear on what each component in your company is doing for a platform, and you can't with, again, thousand servers and over 100 teams, it's really difficult to think about what's my position in this platform. But if you say, okay, those five or six or seven teams working on some component, you're really doing logistics or invoicing, 
or uh, fraud detection, um, then you can say, okay, with us together as a team, what do our customers or partners really need from us? What is our proposition to, to, the, to, the, to the ecosystem, to the platform, to say uh, like that? And if you then have someone, a product manager, really thinking about that, what's the value I'm adding with my product to this ecosystem? Then you really get this platform mindset. And you can't do it with every team in itself because there are no teams responsible for, almost no teams responsible for an end-to-end process anymore. It's all so split up in smaller components that you really have to have a team or a product manager or an architect or a lead engineer or whoever really having an overview on its product and think, okay, what can I do for the ecosystem? What's my value proposition? What's, what, what's making me unique in the e-commerce ecosystem in the Netherlands and Belgium? Exactly. And also the, 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 the clarity that the product organization will add to this really helps us to, to build that platform again. So it's a reinforcing from that side as well. And yeah. also because then you are not just on innovation team thinking about your contribution, but also just on a, a, a little higher level Okay, to be clear, clear on what on what you're doing and what you're working towards, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And uh, in a previous podcast, you had Crystal there uh, telling something about the software parade. Yeah. And it was like um, uh, a, a way to get insight in, into our very complex <coughs> internal organization, but that bleeds through to to our external partners, which shouldn't happen. So this whole thing is also about um, creating. Um, reducing the complexity for our outside partners which we need inside exactly and there and there again we have to to think outside in to see really what what, what do the customers or the, the consumers or the the the, the, the uh, consumers of the service want or the platform uh, want and work from there inwards yep. yeah to illustrate this and the example we use more often is is like um uh, if you are a partner and you want to sell something, you say, okay, I'll create a product on bold.com. So I'll name the product X, I'll give it some name, uh, I'll give it a description and I'll give it the price and the, and the delivery time, um, which is yeah, just natural. If you're selling something, this is what you essentially need to upload to, to any website to sell something. Internally, we made a long time ago, I think the best decision ever to split content and offer. So we say titles and descriptions, that's content, Delivery time and pricing is offer. And so those are really two products in, in, in our organization. And and we need it for scalability, for performance, for whatever reasons. It's the best choice we made. Uh, but on the outside, the partner just doesn't understand. And he shouldn't need to understand why we made a split. He should just be able to upload a product with a description and the delivery time and the price. So we have to really think, start challenging ourselves, thinking like a partner. How would I do business with this platform? that make that shape your uh, products. Exactly, so think think like a partner. Um, so uh, we, we now introduced on the domain and the, and the product organization and, uh, and also uh, already a little bit of product architecture, but uh, Robert John, can you explain us yeah, what the definition is in, in your opinion of this products versus yeah, product architecture? Yeah, when we started with the products or, or talking about products within Bold.com, um, I think we, a lot of us read a lot of documentation, which you can find on the on the internet, or there are a lot of books about it because it's nothing unique we're doing here. But none of us could find, let's say, um, a clear definition. So we decided not to have meetings for weeks about this definition and fine tune it, but start with a simple one and uh, and, ch- and change it along the way. 
So in, in fact, what we what we said is is a product is a set of business capabilities with high cohesion, and we had some guidelines to improve this this definition because this this is a very generic sentence which can be valid for let's say a complete business unit or maybe even on the lower level uh, a, a class in in software engineering. So we said it's about um, uh, about size. It should be this business capability is about 10 to 50 people. Uh, it should have clear KPIs and goals. So it's it's the, that's about the cohesion thing, and also. Um, um, like innovation, you want to do as independent as possible. So you, you don't want to depend on others, if, if possible. Um, and when we use that also, we saw that several people were having several um, angles at these products. Because, because cohesion, you can talk about business cohesion. So that's about KPIs, goals, etc. But we also realized that there's also technical cohesion. Because to support these business processes, we have already services. And they also have cohesion. And you also would like to have services together or closely together, which work cl really close together because that helps also the innovation um, uh, when you need to innovate on, the, on those things. Uh, and another aspect, like I already said, was size. And what you see is that they interact with, with each other. So if you uh, increase the size of a product, you will get less business cohesion because things get more general. Uh, and sometimes also you get less technical cohesion. That was also a discussion we had with different people with different angles, and it's a kind of compromise where what we had, we had to found. And because you don't want to have a product with, um, let's say, two with, with only a few people, because we wanted also this definition or this product as a basis for the organization and to have a product organization around it. So that was, in fact, the struggle we had. So it, it was a simple definition, but it was technical cohesion, business cohesion and size, which influenced the, the final uh, result. Hey, Robert Jan, because uh, when we were starting out with services architecture, you also had a, always had a discussion about service granularity. Yeah. Is this like a similar uh, discussion similar. in your opinion? Yeah, like I said, it's it's the, the general def definition you can have for a business unit because one business unit also have business cohesion, technical cohesion and a certain size. But that's definitely too big for a product. Let's say if, mm -hmm. this, if, if, if it's a business unit of, uh, of 200 people. Uh, so it should be smaller than that. And, and, and that's, that's the balance you have to, uh, to find. Because a service in our landscape, so we have about 1,000 services. They have, of course, very technical cohesion. They, they're owned by a team, uh, which is five, six people. It's pretty small. But... Uh, most of the times they don't have a clear business goal because only together with a few other services, they have a business goal. They support the, support the process. So it's in fact the same definition, but on a little bit higher level than uh, than a service. Exactly. Or on a lower level than a business unit. That's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, and, and at the same time, uh, in in general, uh, companies start working with a new way of architecture if they found out that the other way of doing architecture was limiting them uh, in their ambition. So in their way either of growing, moving forward, whatever. But was that also the case uh, with us at Bold.com? Yeah, I think that's what what Marshall explained. That we started with, we we started with this 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 in fact this definition around services, uh, uh, business capabilities. I think at that time we called them business capabilities with high cohesion. And then we saw that that the, that service was growing and growing and growing. 
And in fact, we split this service in, in two services. It was, uh, was done by one team. And then, in fact, we get get away from this business capabilities because now you had first we started with a, a clear goal, uh, and then the, we split that service. And then at, at that moment, uh, for a consumer, it was harder to get the business capability because you had to call two services or three or four or whatever. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, during this process, because as you mentioned, yeah, this is not not just a one-step thing where you come up with a definition and then everything's done. What was the thing that we, uh, as as group of of architects, especially learned either about the business or about being an architect? Yeah, I think it's good, but I then I, I repeat what what um, what Marcel and Ronald said, uh, Ronald said that it's good to think about the outside in. That's one mm-hmm. of the most most important thing. So what happened, we started with monoliths, a few monoliths, then now we end up with thousand services. And that's mainly driven, I think, by that people in the teams are trying to avoid complexity in their own services. So so things were getting too complex and they started to split the services and also not not only to decrease the complexity, but also to speed up the innovation from their perspective. But I think that we... In that movement, we forgot that for consumers, it was getting harder and harder and harder. And I think with this movement, we try to focus again on the consumers. And also, of course, we need to make sure that from a from a inside the product, it's still manageable. So things should not grow up again, uh, grow again till the monolith. And then we because then we uh, we are back at uh, 10 years ago, but it's it, it's somewhere between that. Exactly, and then also because if the if the team isn't thinking about complexity because they don't want it in the service, the complexity is still there. So yeah. sometimes it becomes in the void between teams, and with uh, adding a product, the, the complexity is still managed only just in the product and not within a team. So there's a larger shared shared responsibility, but at least someone again is responsible uh, for it, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. That's why we're also uh, also stressing that. Uh, every service and functionality within our landscape must be in a product. So it can't be the case that there's something floating around. Um, it should really be in a product. You, you want to be complete in that sense. So then you're maybe making sure that, that everything is being owned by someone or something, some, some product. Portfolio ownership. Yeah, Robert John, can I check one more thing? So you said, yeah. okay, this product, uh, and, uh, we looked at yeah, from t- t- three different aspects, so the technical and business cohesion and the size. Yeah. And, and by that we defined the products, and those definitions together equals the our product architecture. Or is there more in the product architecture? So this is the basis. So I think these are the um, the, the the building blocks of our organization and IT a landscape. And I think the the architecture is more is much more than that. I think Ronald will explain uh, later in this in the in his talk about the architecture because that's how are, how are we gonna interact between those um, the be, between those building blocks. What are the what are, what are what are the rules, and how do we, yeah. And I think yeah. So I think we uh, I think Ronald can 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 explain that. Um. Yeah, so maybe to add one thing before you start, Ronald, because I I understand your question, Peter. Um, what we um, so is that you first need products uh, in order to uh, think about how will those interact. So we introduced products to reduce some comp- to, to to make the next step in our innovation 
um, uh, what do you call it, a journey. So we felt like, okay, at least yeah, we're, we're slowing down. That's the feeling you get at some point in time. So we introduced products to, to gain overview, to get to increase the autonomy again for the teams and to have the inside-out partner uh, view on the product. Um, but then you start thinking, if we have these products, how do we want these products to interact uh, in an architectural set? So we had the, the rules Robert John explained just now was, how, what products do we have? How do we get to those products? The product reference architecture is more on how do we want these products to interact with each other and to work together and come to a, a platform architecture. So there's a difference, I guess, in your... Uh, yeah, and, and that's basically what uh, what we had in mind to... to uh... Uh, yeah, I've explained by Ronald uh, what 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 is the product architecture. I'm I'm really curious how that yeah what does that look like in in indeed in in terms of interaction and and yeah how we do define it etc. Yeah, well we we know what it looked like so uh, perhaps in, in two years time I guess because <laughs> it's uh, we're at step zero, but uh, yeah like Marcel and Robjan mentioned. Uh, we really thought uh, hard about what does this mean that we want to become a retail tech platform? What, how should the architecture adapt to, 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 to help with that? And the same goes for um, uh, Hessel and Jorin has been in, in another podcast. Yeah, I'm a frequent listener. Uh, and they talked about um, yeah, how, how products also help in alignment. So we thought, well, if products are about alignment, what should we do in architecture to, to help with an alignment? And, and um, so we ca came up with uh, with a couple of principles, uh, which are very high level. So, um, uh, but I, th I think uh, I still think it's um, it should help uh, Bobble.com to move forward to to help with those two uh, main topics: retail tech platform and, and the product organization. And the first one is uh, um, uh, um, I name it a bit differently because I don't want to have Bobble.com uh, terminology in this one. But the first one is everything is inside a product. Um, and, and basically, the main reason is if you want to align on products, but there are things outside the products, then that, that alignment is is basically gone. And the same thing is if you want to have everything inside, if you if there are things which are not inside the product, but the products are a building block for our uh, external partners, that means that some things are not for the external partners. And I think we decided that that's no longer an option. Uh, so that, that's basically rule number one: everything is inside the product. So Things uh, um, which are done outside the product don't count. We don't want to have interaction with that. So, of course, there are still things about, uh, uh, outside the product. But if, like Mossa said, if we've got rules how products interact, no product can interact with the, uh, a thing which is not inside the product. So either you adopt that thing or you uh, uh, um, demand of that other product to, to, to adopt that thing. But somewhere it should be adopted. Otherwise, yeah, that whole alignment is... Uh, uh, is, 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 is not fully um, uh, realized. And the second one is, is basically, uh, I think we, we already mentioned it, if, if we found our customers and we found we find it really important that products do something for the outside world and for the consumers, well, let's make that a principle. Product needs to listen to the customer first. Yeah. And that is our, our second rule. Um, um, and we really want one as rules, so everybody should uh, adopt this and um, and the third rule is, is but, but Peter Paul uh, also mentioned it, is about service-oriented, and this is a different granularity. Products will have interfaces, uh, different kind of interfaces, but basically what we decide that are the interfaces for all products, that's the only way to interact with the product. So 
there's no way to get inside a product. And it's just like service architecture. Uh, nobody uh, can access a database anymore from outside the product. Uh, and this means the same. So if a product is a bundling of all kinds of components, different services, different database, whatever, they are not accessible uh, only through a product interface. And the fourth one, which we had, is, is a bit of the Google model. Um, every product has an actively managed lifecycle of interfaces. So if, if we've got rules like uh, you shouldn't deprecate it for five years, well, that's not really agile, is it? So we should have alpha interfaces where perhaps we can uh, experiment with our external partners, a couple of them to, to see if this really works and, and go through a life cycle of, of different, um, different API versions. Um, and we also got a fifth one, but I think uh, uh, that's basically uh, rule number two, but then even more um, uh, tailored towards our outside world. So really think about your your partners. What we always say, Bold.com, uh, we're all part of that. There's a huge innovation, uh, a, a huge number of people doing innovation. Not every partner has that. So we can't say, well, we change this interface every month. There is no partner or I, I'm pretty sure that perhaps there are some partners, but of the 30K partners we have, not everybody can adapt that fast. And also in a global community, we'd need to have 24 seven because um, if, if we look up uh, our uh, our office at six o'clock, there's still some partner doing business uh, at eight o'clock and briefs at two o'clock in the night. So we should really, really have their mindset to yeah. with, with the products. Can I ch challenge the uh, one of these principles because and uh, we we say in bold.com okay we 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 strive for autonomy so uh, yeah work as autonomous as possible um but but i can imagine that if you introduce uh this uh this statement that you say okay um you you have this service oriented mindset so you have to this interface that you talk with so there's a product interface and within the pro product interface i can imagine that you combine several services so you have to deal with two other teams to, to get your things done if, if I want something new or something changed. So that makes it more uh, dependent on other teams than, than, uh, than less, I would, would say. How, how does that work? Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right that it, that it can become sometimes some more work, but I think that communication always increases uh, inside the product. So if you want to, to, to make it easier for the other, and there are no costs, then we shouldn't have this principle, I guess, because everybody would do it. So, uh, and still as a team, you're autonomous to, to do that in every way you want. So if you decide, well, we create a new product or, oh, sorry, a new team doing that, or we have a pop-up team doing that, that's all to the team itself. So um, I think what you're saying is, does it have extra cost? Yeah, it does have extra cost, but uh, it's important because um, now we don't take that extra cost as a team, but that extra cost is not gone because that extra cost is that all the teams using that. And sometimes you see teams making uh, chocolate. I'm not sure if that translates to English as well, but trying to make, uh, trying to understand how that product wor works, works by, yeah. by combining all kinds of internal things. And it's not just one team doing that. It's also a second team and a third team, and perhaps even the outside world. So that cost is there, but it's hidden from the team. So I think it's uh, good to, to bring that cost to one place. And that one place really knows how it works because they own it. Yeah. So it's a good point, but uh, uh, unavoidable. So in this, um, okay, now, 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 now we have this um, uh, story of, okay, we know the products, uh, we know the, the principles, this is our product architecture, 
Or is there more? <laughs> There's always more. There's always more. Yeah, well, um, uh, we've got now principles, what, what, what it really means in, 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 in code or in, in, in how people should interact or how it should work. Um, we don't know uh, either uh, on every detail. So we decided to, to work with some uh, teams together to just experiment and, and also help with an extra team, uh, helping build features which are general for all the products. So, uh, and, and then we will see that some things don't work. So we stop at that and we will see that some things uh, work. So we need to have KPIs on that level. Uh, so we really should now experiment. Basically, um, uh, I, I, I b really believe in his principles. Um, and sometimes it's uh, also difficult to, to experiment with principles, which you say, well, in two years time, everybody should do that. Um, uh, for sure, it would be impossible as well, I guess, at, at that time. But what it really means on implementation level, we don't know yet. And, and, and that's why we need to experiment. So and, and we are already doing these experiments and, and Robert Jan is doing that in the in the fintech domain. So it might be interesting to have a sneak peek in, in what's, what, what, what we see already over there, uh, Robert Jan. What, uh, now, to be honest, we did not start yet because I think the, all, all, like Ronald says, it's really fresh yet, yeah. um, but it's, important and maybe also that's also the essential of your of your question that it's it's not only those those principles so these principles are really important but i think um we need much more so it's much more much more than building a product api yeah. i think it's 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 a movement comparable with a switch from monolith to services so it's it's a change of mindset again so like i said we with that change we changed from an from a, the mindset to an outside in i think the years after that, we forgot that a little bit because we split the services, make, made it more complex for our consumers. So it's 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 important to get that mindset back again. Um, and yeah, for example, in my domain, we have invoicing as a product, but that product consists of several teams and several uh, services. And one team, for example, is creating those invoices, and another team is keeping the balance, open balance of those invoices. Yeah, that's how it grow in the in, in the last years. The last couple of years, but from a consumer perspective, it's much more logical that there's one API where you create invoices and where you get an open balance and all the things you can do with an invoice. So that's step one. We have to uh, we have to do the coming. I think that's at least this year to to change that mindset again. Think about in, outside in. Think about business capabilities and not about only the those small services. And one other one other aspect I think is culture. So with a service mic, uh, service landscape, there is a team owns one service, uh, and that's 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 really clear. And so that's 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 what you have to deal with. Um, in a product is consists of multiple innovation teams. So you're not only in that in that innovation team, you're also part of that um, product team, okay. and you should feel that you are part of that. Not only on paper, that's but but it's your responsibility. Um, and also about maybe your your question uh, uh, a few minutes ago. Um, Somebody should build this API. Is that one team one? Is it team two? Or is it a combination of those teams? So that's also they should feel as a, as a, as, a, as a team and also uh, act like a team to the outside of the product. Um, and I think another thing is that we should enable those product teams, and that's or something we should work on to with kind of reference implementations or maybe technical frameworks to to make it as easy as as, as possible. But all of that we have to still have to find out. And like like Ronald says, we have to start with with yeah with a few teams of a few products, start 
maybe fail, start over. Uh, and that's so I think it's 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 something that will take um, hopefully not really years, but at, at, to, uh, but but it, it, it definitely will take some time to move to make this movement. Yeah, and, and I can imagine that for your role, it, it's it's um, you're an architect, but but it sounds more like that you're kind of a change man, manager, a, a transformation manager. It's it's a real uh, big change we are going through. If I uh, yeah, the, yeah, the way so, I understood it. Yeah, yeah, I think there are even more aspects because we let's say it's also an, an organizational change. So we yeah. like like you say, we have to we we created those products. And then um, we map the, the existing services on those products. And, and, and most of the times, luckily, those one of those thousand services fits exactly in one product. But some of them uh, should move to another product because it's yeah, if you it, it fits better, much better in that in that business capability than it is it is in the current situation. Or sometimes we have even have to split services because we we now have a new look, a new way of looking at our uh processes business it landscape and yeah we should split the service and and the, the left part of the service should stay and the right part should move away so that's that all will take a lot of work changing uh the ownership of that service splitting it etc so i think this is an this is something where everybody in the organization is is involved yeah and to to add to that uh, uh, peter you said, you said it's like a change management so what we've done now is, is really thinking about everything and spreading the word. So we're having a lot of meetings that we think we should do this, we should do this. And, and now becomes the next step. So we even uh, now uh, added uh, a change manager, a project manager to the whole team. All right. So now we, we spread the word. So now we uh, thought about it. But now comes the really difficult part. How we how, how are we going to change? Because it's not going to be a change overnight, but a change in, uh, uh, well, uh, at least a year, uh, uh, perhaps longer. Um and it doesn't mean that you're not successful if you're completely done. It's just like service-oriented architecture. Every step has its value, and we should uh, aim, it, uh, aim for that. So, um, um, and, and somebody is going to actually help with that whole process. How can we involve teams? What, what is it we need to do? Because it's going to be a, a huge undertaking. Yes. And this somebody is, is what you said, uh, the change manager, the, the project manager that you yeah. that yeah. start working for this. Okay. Yeah, so that's the outlook already for the coming uh, months slash year slash yeah even more. It's a it's a yeah. huge uh, process we are in. I can see that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we should have this meeting uh, in a year time and see where we uh, how we are uh, well, by then. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, looking at the time, Peter Paul, the famous uh, question from my side. Do you have questions left before we go to the closing round? What were, I was really curious still. So, okay, in this process to getting where we are, what was there like what, like one challenge that that uh, that as a group while de defining this uh, products and products architecture in in particular that really have to over overcome and and uh, uh, or the, that we really struggled with and decided left or right whatever. But uh, I'm really curious about struggles like that. Because then you're not the only one facing them, and it's a it's a struggle. And how do you find balance then? I think one of the biggest things with defining the products, at least, and um, was if you're going from monoliths to services to microservices, your your whole company is continuously thinking about how can I make things smaller. And and at this point, we're challenging them: how can you make it bigger? Please define a product and and include stuff in there. So I think 
Well, John and I, we had quite a lot of discussions on people wanting to make products smaller. But if your goal is to get an overview and reduce over 100 Scrum teams into, well, the, the target was 25. We, I think we ended at about 35, but 25, 35 products to, to again, get an overview and really have very clear goals for those products, people working on it. It's quite a tough challenge to get people thinking about how can we make this stuff bigger and, and actually accept that we're working together on uh, as a team on this one product instead of being all teams by themselves. So those are quite big uh, challenges. And then you always just have to go back to what are you trying to achieve. So what's in it for those teams? And if you're really looking at those teams, if everybody around you is building product APIs, it's really easy for you to understand the landscape. So to use the functionality of other teams. And, and if everybody around you is only using your services via product API, you gain really, really much autonomy inside your product. Basically, you can do whatever you want to your service as long as it doesn't harm the API on the outside. So you're getting a really um, much more freedom than you have right now. And, and in the end, if people really believe in the direction of bold.com that we should become a platform, and, and you, uh, we have numerous examples where we can explain that bold.com isn't behaving like a platform um, from the pure sense, then you get people really excited about thinking, about what, what would my product then be? How can I take this role and become an autonomous, giving other people overview and uh, really making partners using our platform? So the, one of the biggest challenges for me was getting people to think about a product that's really a building block, not too small, not too big, but, but in line with what we try to organize on the, on the business IT organizational side. So there's no longer business IT alignment, it's just together. So there's no alignment discussion, there's teams together. And, and what we did with now with the product reference architecture is actually also mapping architecture on this organizational construct. For the first time in Bold.com history, we shouldn't have to talk about alignment anymore because it's in one construct, namely a product. And, and getting people to think about that, the only way to do this is continuously reminding them this is what we're trying to achieve. And, and, and then you can see people getting enthusiastic and think about Okay, that's why we want this, and that's why I want this, because it's really going to help. So for me, it was from getting smaller, smaller, smaller to getting, okay, now we have to make it bigger again. That's quite a challenge. Yeah, I agree on that. And that's that uh, and that 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 was also that hits the 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 discussion about the three angles of a product. So this was about size, but with with a bigger size you get less cohesion. And, uh, and that's where there, that's where also where the discussion was. So you can uh, because we also wanted to use this from a more concept, conceptual and IT perspective, but also as a basis for an organizational change. So that's why we also yeah that we needed that balance between the size and and cohesion. Yeah, and, and for, for me, uh, uh, what, what those two said, but it's also spreading the word takes time. So we're a big company. And if you want to take, uh, if, if you want to, well, everybody on board is impossible, uh, a company in our size, but but to actually spread the word and, and let people understand that really takes a long time. Uh, so that's uh, yeah, that's my uh, observation. Okay. And then, yeah, then the, then the, we go to the famous last question. Let's summarize for our listeners. Can you shake, uh, share your uh, most important takeaway with us? So what, what did you really learn? Yeah, not too long a silence because then the people think we have to think about the most important takeaway. <laughs> so, um, so I think for me, um, one of the most important things we, we did know, but we didn't actually realize maybe there's a difference there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if you talk about product reference architecture, you tend to talk about APIs. And if you tend to talk about APIs, people think it's IT. Uh, and this really isn't IT. You should, from the beginning on, understand that discussing APIs or product architecture is a is a business issue. It's a product API. So you need a working product in order to define a product API. In order to define a good product API, it should really have business understanding on what is this product trying to achieve? What do we want to sell to our partners or internal consumers or whatever? So I think one of the most important takeaways for me is don't make this an an IT party. It should be business and IT together, thinking about which products do we have and what is then the product API on that. It it really asks for a product mindset. Think about the, the teams as a whole. So what is the product? It asks for strong product leadership and you should really have this outside-in view. And and then you most likely have some challenge on finding business champions thinking about APIs. So business people translating all these questions into an API or into something representing the product. And yes, there should also be technical IT expertise in that, but it should be a a combined effort. Really thinking together about what's this product about. Don't, Don't make it an IT question. Because it isn't. It's really a business issue thinking about your APIs. So that was my main takeaway, I guess. Yeah, I think my ta- main takeaway is, is a bit similar. So uh, there should be no there should be no IT business divide, and this is basically Conway's law all over again. We try to evolve with a new way of, of doing of, of organizing ourselves, and, and and I think we're um, we're now thinking a bit. Uh, earlier than we did previously so normally it grew and now we thought about it before we started which i think is a is a good idea yeah my takeaway is is when defining when, when you would like to when you're defining the products for your organization it's good to to do that with a group of people let's say with the also with the experts in that in that domain but also have some some more conceptual or independent people in uh, in, in in your team because um, what you should inv- avoid is that you define products beca- and they are biased because it's it is like it is now. Or if we're gonna move that way, uh, I will have less people in my team, or uh, I get a lot of extra responsibility without ex- extra people. So also have people beside those experts, people like I, I think like architects can have that have that role to help you with a more helicopter view on those on those products and more conceptual view yeah so well yeah thank you it's it's a lot of uh stuff to uh to digest i would say it it, it gives so much insight in in how huge this this change is for uh for bot.com but every company in a similar situation i would say and and also uh, what marcel describes is yeah we 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 uh, said to the teams for many years, okay, make it smaller, make it smaller. We can go faster if we make it small. And now we kind of changing it around and, and you should yeah, start rethinking uh, your your uh, mantra. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's huge, but it's also uh, nice to see the, the, the steps you, you did in this um, uh, process in, in getting there. And, and indeed really curious. Uh, so. Yeah, make a note for for ourselves, Peter Paul, to have this in, in our podcast next year. Yeah. <laughs> See how it, uh, yeah, what the status is uh, by then. So thanks for your time, uh, uh, and yeah, I hope to have you in the podcast. Uh. Thank yeah, you, really enjoyed it. Thank you, really Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye.
Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for TechLab and subscribe. Leave a 5-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn or mail techlab at ball.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun!